Rainy Sunday afternoons in Springlingdon were always dreary. But Marky was certain this was as dreary as it could get. Every time she pressed her nose into the parlor room glass to see who was arriving, it left a mark. Just as she stepped back to admire the heart shape she had made with two slightly tilted nose prints, she bumped right into Great Aunt Sis. Or maybe Great Aunt Sis bumped into her. She had a loud voice, a loud print dress, and thick, loud perfume. Marky was used to that on Christmas Eve. That's why today, it felt off. It wasn't Christmas Eve. It was late August, and Aunt Sis's perfume blanketed the entire room as she plopped a gigantic pot down in the middle of the table. Wow, it was beautiful. A gigantic stargazer lily. Three of the flowers were already opened. The petals and sepals all looked similar, a vibrant magenta color with dark crimson spots. All six points edged in white. Aunt Sis leaned over the pot and shoved her nose right in as she mumbled something about. Oh, these were your dad's favorite. Your daddy loved roses. Marky stood frozen. She thought about what shocked her the most. That Aunt Sis said roses were daddy's favorite? Or that she said his name in past tense? Marky stared up at Aunt Sis. Aunt Sis stared down at Marky. Just as she was about to mention the pollen schmear on the tip of her nose, Aunt Sis broke the silence instead. Don't press your nose on the glass, Marky. It'll leave a smudge. Marky followed behind as Aunt Sis made her way to the dining room. Yep, as dreary as it could get. The same holiday crowd was there, but nobody was wearing rhinestones or sequins or tacky Christmas sweaters. And there were no Christmas lights or moose mugs with eggnog and none of Mom's beautifully decorated sugar cookies. Instead, there were a bunch of crotchety old people standing around in black, signing a guest book next to a portrait of Marky's dad. Marky made a beeline for the buffet table. It was a no-brainer which end to start on first. Chocolate-dipped strawberries and banana pudding would beat tomato aspic and tuna salad every single time. It's best if you start with your protein first. Start on the other end. Marky spun around. Aunt Sis had a huge egg salad skid mark on her cheek, right next to the pollen schmear on her nose. Marky made her way to the other end of the buffet, breathing out of her mouth so as to avoid the tuna salad stench. Everything looked disgusting in her opinion. She didn't even have an appetite. All day long, she had been told what to wear, what to say, and what to eat. She tugged at the itchy fabric and decided enough was enough. She had to get out of that dress and she had to find her mom. She passed through the sea of people that had gathered in the den. No sign of her there. There was no sign of her in the kitchen either. She did, however, 
find the French doors to the side patio crack just a little bit. The side patio, oddly enough, was referred to as the best room in the house. Oddly, because it wasn't even a room. It was an antique brick courtyard with a fireplace, a tiny little greenhouse, and in the very back, a beehive. The rain had let up, and Marky could see the twinkle of the patio lights as the afternoon faded. Most days of the week, that's where Mommy, Daddy, and Marky hung out. And that's exactly where she wanted to be now. And if she knew anything about her mom, she knew she could find her there too. Marky followed a pathway lined with knee-high bushes of rosemary and lavender on either side. She found her mom next to the bees. There were two empty chairs. Marky plopped down in the one next to her mom. They both sat in silence and just stared at the wooden bee box. Mommy, did you know the oriental lily flower grows downward and it looks droopy? And did you know that in 1974, a lily breeder from California named Dr. Woodruff created a lily with flowers that point upward? He named them stargazers because they point to heaven. Sweetie, I didn't know that, but I'm so glad I do now. Stargazers are your daddy's favorite. Would you like to get out of that dress and eat dinner in your pajamas? Just me and you? Annie stood at the kitchen counter and took extra care to spread the peanut butter all the way to the crust. The house was finally quiet. It was the first time in days she had the house to herself. Nothing sounded better than eating dinner with Marky. Annie giggled as she drizzled the honey back and forth in a neat little zigzag. Marky would definitely like the peanut butter and honey sandwich much better than tuna or egg. But Annie couldn't help herself. She noticed the tea sandwiches on the counter stacked neatly in leftover containers. She placed one egg salad and one tuna salad sandwich on a plate and covered it with a cloche. Annie also took the plate with their real sandwiches with her and put it behind her back. Just as she was headed back out to the courtyard, Annie's phone rang. She put the plates on the counter and glanced down. It was Delia, her friend and college roommate from the Culinary Institute. She had called Annie last week as soon as she had heard. She was as shocked as everyone else. Good evening, folks. This is Tom Savage, filling in for Pam Oliver. We have breaking news tonight out of Springlington. We have unfortunately just received word that there's been a fatal training incident involving members of our Springlington SWAT team. This is a breaking news story and we'll keep you updated as we find out more information. This has been a live report for Channel 2 News. I'm Tom Savage. Annie, I wish I could have been there for you. How are you? How is Marky? Delia, it's so good to hear from you again. I just wish it was under different circumstances, too. I mean, we're okay. I guess we're okay. I don't know what to do, Delia. Everything for us has changed. And yet everything around us is exactly the same. It's just devastating. How do we get back to normal when nothing is normal without him? Annie looked out the window and caught a glimpse of Marky still seated next to the bees. To me, it 
Sounds like you guys need a break. Annie looked out the window and caught another glimpse of Marky, still seated next to the bees. Annie stared harder and realized Marky was talking to the bees. How would you feel about more than a break? Delia, I think we need a permanent change. What if Marky and I moved to Raytown with you? Annie, you took the words right out of my mouth. You can get back to doing what you studied in school. You love to bake. Yes, I love it. And I was thinking opening my bakery again, except this time in Raytown. It's really our second home, and you're like a second mom. Annie, I think it's perfect. Stay with me until you figure everything out. I have plenty of room. Annie hung up the phone and picked up the dinner plates. It was tuna time. Annie sat the plates of tuna and egg salad on the table and called Marky. Ooh, fancy. But as soon as she lifted the lid... Ooh, what stinks? I smell eggs. They both erupted into laughter as Annie unveiled the crustless peanut butter and honey masterpieces. Marky, I heard you talking. Who are you talking to? The bees. Just like Daddy told me, anytime there's a birth, a death, a marriage, or a move, you have to tell the bees, Mommy. Days turned to weeks, and weeks turned to months. Annie finalized all of the details for the big move. She stood on the front porch with Marky and watched the movers load the final box and close the door to the moving truck. Annie looked down at Marky and thought about how much she looked like her dad. She had one final detail in mind before their flight. She took Marky's hand and led her through the empty house, through the parlor, into the kitchen, and out through the French doors. The courtyard looked so different in early December. Everything was barren. No blooms or bees in sight. Annie opened the door to the greenhouse and walked in with Marky. They stood in front of rows of stargazer lilies. When you and Daddy worked on growing your lily for your science project, he would come in from the greenhouse and say, That has to be what heaven smells like. Marky, did you know that a bee might visit more than two million flowers to gather nectar to make just one pound of honey? She held Marky's hand and walked out of the greenhouse. They walked down the pathway together toward the bees and sat down in two of the empty chairs. Annie reached into her coat pocket and pulled out a gold skeleton key with a red ribbon tied to the end. I know how much your flowers and bees mean to you and Daddy. Marky, the things that you've had to see and walk through lately, you are so brave. I thought together we could tell the bees about our big move. I looked into the story you told me about telling the bees about big events. I would like them to know about the new owners, too. So just like the old folklore, Marky, with her key in hand, knocked three times on the bee box and sang... Little bee, our Lord is dead. Leave not while we are in distress. She placed the key in the empty chair that was once her daddy's and said goodbye. The flight from Springlington to Raytown took almost an entire day. Marky thought the coolest thing ever 
maybe the strangest, was crossing the international dateline. She wondered, how do you just lose a whole day? The SkyTrain was Marky's favorite way to get to Aunt Delia's from the airport. It was high above the city, over the hotels, shopping centers, and sidewalks. It was the closest to flying Marky ever thought she could get. She had always felt jet planes were way too large and flew way too high. The SkyTrain was just high enough to feel like flying, but it had a way to make you feel the city. Paldangladesh was in the heart of Raytown, and Aunt Delia's apartment and restaurant were in the heart of Paldangladesh. The SkyTrain meandered over some of Marky's favorite places and over some of the places on her bucket list. Marky wanted to tour a camera museum at the oldest university in Raytown, Loomington University. She also wanted to visit a snake farm located inside the Raytown Medical Center. Marky, be sure to look for the huge Christmas tree in the square. Christmas time in Raytown was so different than in Springlington, but Marky knew them both well. She pressed her nose against the train window and watched the twinkling fairy lights and oversized ornaments flash past. Her mind drifted back to the snake farm. Venom extractions and serum productions. It all fascinated Marky. She tilted and pressed her nose five more times. Just as she pulled back far enough to see the three nose print hearts she made on the glass, they both noticed at the same time. We're We're here, here. we're We're here. here. Brilliant pink and fuchsia lights form the outline of Marky's favorite light display. A giant lotus flower right across the street from Aunt Delia's. Aunt Delia opened the front door before Annie even had a chance to knock. They spent time catching up. Delia couldn't believe how tall Marky had gotten. Marky couldn't believe this time she could have her very own room at Aunt Delia's. Soon, the conversation moved to the kitchen, and it just felt like old times. Delia pulled cookie ingredients from the pantry as Marky filled her in on the missing 24 hours and the fact that Mommy farted in her sleep a few times on the plane. Annie denied all such claims as she mixed her famous cookie dough together. Delia pulled some cookie cutters out and lined a sheet tray with parchment paper. As soon as the conversation turned to business and schedules and meetings, all of a sudden, Marky felt tired. Annie promised they would save some cookies as Aunt Delia showed Marky to her new room. The hallway to the living quarters was grand. It reminded Marky of a museum or a hotel. Crystal chandeliers lit the extra-wide hallway. A marble floor stretched from one end to the other. Marky took time to stop in front of each of the ornate gold frames that hung on the wall. She was in awe. An art lamp hung over each one and illuminated it like a spotlight. The bright, vivid hues mesmerized her. She gasped. There were huge kites and wild jumpsuits. Marky read the names and years aloud as she moved slowly down the hall. She didn't recognize any of the names, but she felt like she knew the people in the paintings. Their faces, their eyes, 
They all looked sort of familiar to her. Marky wondered, who were these people? Aunt Delia explained to her that she was standing in a hall of fame. Those paintings, those people, they are kite fighters. My great-great-grandfather, my great-grandfather, my grandfather. We were a family of champions, Marky. Aunt Delia, who is this? She pointed to the very last painting on the wall and sort of giggled. It sort of looks like you, but with goggles and a mustache. Aunt Delia laughed. (laughs) No, Marky, close, but no. That's my father. Aunt Delia, why does it stop with your father, and why did you say you were a family of champions? Because, Marky, I'm not sure if you noticed, but all of the paintings, the champions, some are boys, some are men. The point is, Marky, I'm not up there because I'm female. Only males can compete in kite fights. What? But don't you want to be up there? Don't you want to be a champion too, Aunt Delia? Of course. And my parents want me up there. The other point is, Marky, that will never happen. Unless I have a son, the legacy will not continue. Delia showed Marky to her bedroom and told her goodnight. She couldn't sleep, though. She thought about the kites, and she wondered, what did it feel like to fly them? What did it feel like to win? And then she felt confused. But Marky wasn't sure what confused her the most. That Aunt Delia was okay being told that she could never be a champion? Or that Aunt Delia would actually be able to tell a daughter that she could never be a champion? <laughs>